The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Gateway Farm Expo is where you find me, but we're going to head down the road and across state lines and talk and get comments from Arlen Suderman. Arlen, of course, with FC Stone. We look at the markets today, and you talk about this crude oil market. Obviously, it's having a big role play in what we're seeing within our commodities. It really is. We've seen the crude oil market at West Texas Intermediate during a six-week period fall about 27.5%. That is a huge drop in price, uh, almost unprecedented. Uh, Probably saw similar times in 2014 when we fell off of our highs of around $145 or so for crude oil. Um, But just really uh, a collapse in that crude oil market. And in fact, earlier this week, on Tuesday, we saw crude oil fall. It settled about a little over 7% down on the day. It was trading 8% down. So that that is a huge move in any commodity in one day's time. And that certainly weighed on the grain and oil seed markets as well, as I was watching some of the correlations. Now, as we look at the energies, they've really been taking a heat. The grains have been trying to hang on, uh, and particularly on Tuesday, we saw them trying to hang on, but eventually the selling, as the selling picked up in crude oil, it really dragged down most of the markets and, and was a factor. When it bounced today, it took off some of the selling pressure in the grain and oil seed markets, actually allowed corn to finish mixed on the day and soybeans with some small gains. So crude oil is not driving the grain grain and oilseed prices. I'm not saying that, but when it collapses like that, it certainly does weigh on things. And uh, when it starts to bounce, then it takes off some of that selling pressure. Um, the fundamentals are different, but largely what we're seeing is similar to what we saw in Chicago wheat on Tuesday, oh, excuse me, on Monday, except for there it was a positive with Chicago wheat trading like 20 cents higher at times. Uh, and, and it's all about money flow. The funds had been very long in crude oil and had been very short or sold in Chicago wheat. And we're seeing a rolling over of that money, some funds getting blown out of the commodity specter. They've been losing money. And uh, so they're having to liquidate positions. And uh, that starts to accelerate the moves. And as that happens, then we start to see momentum traders just add to that as chart signals are turned. Uh, and we've seen a lot of that, particularly in energy. But as I said, we saw it in, in Chicago wheat on Monday as well. So there's a lot of money flow uh, activity happening in these markets. They will eventually come back to trading fundamentals. Any one of these markets can still rally in this environment. They just take a stronger story to do so. And right now, with being in the month of November, the crop is most of the crop is is in the bin right now. Uh, and uh, there's there's so the weather scares aren't really a factor, and it just becomes a little bit tougher to try to pull away from this malaise that's weighing on the market, particularly when we're waiting to see if we get a trade agreement with China here over the next couple of weeks. I'm curious, how long do you think this money flow versus fundamentals is going to continue for the trade? Well, I I don't want to communicate that it's all about um, 
a trade agreement or lack thereof. Right. But that is something that could certainly change the sentiment. Right now, the sentiment seems to be interest rates are going higher. Uh, we have tariff battles going on. Oh, no. Um, what if the economy is going to start slowing down? Now, keep in mind that uh, we've, we're finishing up earnings season now uh, where corporations report their earnings on Wall Street for the third quarter. And earnings for the third quarter are up 20, for the S&P 500 companies are basically up 28% versus a year ago. I mean, they had a very, very profitable third quarter. Um, there's talk that, oh, no, in their outlooks, they're warning about uh, negative of the tariff war. The, the number of warnings in their earnings reports and, and in the calls uh, were actually less than what they were the previous quarter. So this is more about just this anxiety, this emotion has started spreading across Wall Street and really doesn't have necessarily fundamental support underneath of it, but emotions are powerful. And we know that from our lives. So do you start getting scared about something? You start getting focused on something and it happens. And so what it takes is some type of a story to jolt them jolt them out of this current emotion and uh, a trade deal with China a trade deal with Europe a trade deal with Japan anything that's big and positive like that could certainly change the tone and kind of shift the focus of Wall Street and the money folks and and get us back in gear but that's what we're waiting for now you can almost guarantee November 30th is circled on a lot of calendars when it comes to waiting for a trade agreement to take place it is, and that's when President Trump and President Xi both go to the G20 meeting in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, they have scheduled dinner together, from what I understand, uh, to talk about trade. We know that uh, U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin has had conversations about trade with uh, the Vice Premier of China. Uh, they've been talking trade issues at various levels, including high levels. Uh, I still think that there are some huge issues at hand. I'm not real optimistic that we're going to get a trade agreement um, because this is far more than about narrowing the trade balance. It's about uh, um, trying to change China's behavior on military aggression and some other factors as well. Um, but uh, still, if we're going to get an agreement, it'll probably be by November 30th, and that's what everyone in the marketplace is watching to see if that happens. That would definitely be a great way to, to end out the, the year was having something take in place. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. Arlen Suderman is joining us today from FC Stone. We'll take a look at a little bit more happenings on the grain complex. Of course, happenings in the livestock as well. Talk also about this influence that the dollar continues to have. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and we are being joined by Arlen Suderman of FC Stone as we look at continue to talk about the grain side. I'm sure this dollar influence is on the livestock side as well. But looking, Arlen, at the dollar influence, a pullback that you've seen the past couple of days. What are your thoughts? 
Well, we saw the dollar really surge higher over the past week and then the past couple of days pull back a little bit. And that's had a big impact on the commodity sector because overall we're seeing strengthening fundamentals for the dollar going forward as we go toward monetary tightening here in the United States and keep on that path. Whereas in Europe and Japan, they're still on a major stimulus mode with their economy struggling. And in fact, in Europe, we're seeing their economy really kind of losing some momentum Japan's never really had much momentum. Uh, so that would appear to be um, that we'll see weaker currencies, competing currencies, which tends to push the dollar higher. Now, we've seen a little bit of a, a pullback in the dollar in the last couple of days, not necessarily related to our fundamentals, but what's happening in Europe. It uh, looks like we have a Brexit deal, at least a tentative Brexit deal between the United Kingdom and the European Union. Uh, and so that's allowed the euro to bounce. And as the euro bounced, then that resulted in the dollar coming under a little bit of profit-taking and pressure. We really did not get much benefit out of that because the traders overall see the dollar still on a longer-term uptrend. So that's tending to keep a little bit of pressure on the grain and oil seeds. Again, they can still rally in that type of environment and sustain a rally, but they need to have a stronger story to do so. And this is just the wrong time of year for that to happen without some type of weather problem in South America. And right now, conditions in South America look very good. And so we really don't have a story to go against that right now. We did see, as I was looking over the uh, the corn market, uh, Mexico made some purchases. What, 212,000 metric tons of corn? Mexico has become a big buyer of, and they've been a big buyer of corn in particular and some soybeans and wheat, but it's, it just seems like everything has really picked up since we got the trade agreement confirmed and finished earlier this fall. And Mexico has become a great customer. They've been a great customer. They're adding to that. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize we're seeing per capita pork consumption in Mexico go up about 5% per year. So they're ramping up their pork production. They're importing pork, although we still have the tariffs there that are a problem on pork. Um, but they're really ramping up the pork production, and that requires more corn, more soybeans in order to produce it. So they've become a great market for us, helping to offset some of what we lost with China. Jump over to the happenings of the livestock side. A disappointing market continues for these livestock. It really was. We had that bullish reversal yesterday in the live cattle futures market. It really, really started in the feeder cattle market where we've got some energy there. I think a lot of it was technical in nature, money flow in nature, um, but it certainly did help the live cattle futures. And, and we went to a new low for the move and and then rallied and closed above the previous set day session high, and it looked good like we should see some follow-through, but then it just fell apart today. We did not see that same follow-through strength today. I think a lot of it's because we saw some lower cash bids. Uh, we've got a shortened slaughter schedule next week because of Thanksgiving holiday. Packers know they don't have to be as aggressive. We're seeing bids out there around 111 on the cash. That'd be down from last week around 114. So that allowed the board to pull back and negate uh, some of yesterday's uh, technical strength on the charts. Hopefully we'll be able to come back and firm things up tomorrow, but uh, we finished today on a weak note. Is that part of the reason why we, you know, as we look into next week being a holiday shortened week that asking prices for cattle have been hard to pin down this week? 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, the packing plants know that they will, you know, don't have to be as aggressive in getting animals, and and we're seeing numbers come down, and that had been helping support the cash. But uh, with the holiday short and week, like I said, they don't have to be as aggressive in in getting them, and they feel like they've got a little bit of the advantage. Makes it frustrating though for those guys that are trying to get those cattle sold heading into what really starts the the holiday week of festivities beyond Thanksgiving as we work towards Christmas. It really does. Now, as we get into the holiday season, we do see some increase in demand at the retail level for meats. And, um, and you know, Thanksgiving tends to be turkey. Um, then we come back with uh, holiday hams at uh, Christmas time and stuff. But overall, that meat demand picks up. Um, but we're really looking forward to 2019, hoping that we can take advantage of some import biz- or export business to China, be it to direct or be it around other routes um, because of the African swine fever that's uh, continuing to decimate hog herds there in China. No indication really that they get anywhere close to getting that under control and market keeps holding out hope that that'll result in some stronger meat exports from the United States in over the next year or two. All right, sounds great, Arlen. What's the best way for producers to get a hold of you? intlfcstone.com or twitter.com slash arlenff101. And that's a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.